Welcome to Collective Conversations. We're so excited for this next episode with you. Um, we got a hot topic, and I'm not sure how we oh, open these, wow. but yeah, let's topic. before we give into the um, hot topic. Can uh, Z? Can you pray for us? Yeah, oh, I pray. Can pray. All right, Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for um, just. The opportunity to record podcasts and um, just have a conversation about uh, differing topics. And I just pray that through uh, our voices, Lord, that um, it would just stir people up in, in a way that draws them closer to you. And I just pray that um, this time is a time of encouragement and um, a wide variety of different things. Because I don't know what to expect, but I expect you to move. I pray this mm. in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, you guys. Um, we're going to start off. If you've, it's your first time listening to Collective Conversations, we talk about current events going on in the Christian world or the secular world and how Jesus can get brought to that topic or um, a moment of concern or um, praise. And then each of us will bring a topic of passion or whatever they want to share with the group to the table that's called to the table and we just whatever's going on in life whatever it doesn't have to be faith related you know of course uh but just bring in something that um we're all passionate about but first we're going to start off with a hot topic it's been it's been unfolding before us um oh by the way we have uh my name is zach i'm the lead pastor of collective church we have Alessia, she is like our media lead and she leads our women's Bible study, which is awesome. We have Nick, our worship pastor. Hey. Hey. <laughs> and then we have Zeke, our associate pastor of Collective Church. And um, if you guys didn't know, that's this is how uh, pretty much Collective Church got started way back. I started a podcast and um, I think the be, they call it being impregnated with a a passion and stuff, and it started with a podcast, and it, it, it has evolved into a church. Um, that's what that's like the church planting lingo. Like, oh, I, was, I got pregnant with this church, and God hmm. give gave birth to it. It's really a weird, a weird phrase, but it's definitely used, I think, a little too much. But Amen. I feel like that's a perfect. It's perfect yeah. for our hot topic. <laughs> oh yes, segue. What a good segue. <laughs> we are going to talk about what is happening um, at Saddleback Church with Rick Warren and how they are now standing up. They just ordained three women pastors. And their, their denomination, the SBC, the Southern, Southern Baptist Convention, um, they were linked with Saddleback Church, and now they're unlinked, and they're not associating with the church anymore. And Rick Warren, and now the new pastor that took over, I can't remember his name, but... Um, they stood up. They were like, you know what? Like women. Uh, oh, it's his, her, his name is Pastor Andy Wood, is the new pastor uh, of Saddleback, and Rick Warren stepped down. And just starting off with this little hot topic, um, it's very a divisive topic. Um, us at Collective Church, my theology is women hold the same image of God that men do in Genesis one. And I agree with what uh, Pastor Andy Wood says about his wife, because his wife was ordained as a pastor at Saddleback, and she's one of the teachers. And what did he say? He said something about um, how his wife teaches, sometimes gets compliments that she teaches better than him, that he does. And he's like, Hallelujah to that, you know, mm -hmm. and Beck's not here at the moment, but Beck is our woman's pastor of our church and she teaches occasionally. Most of you guys maybe have heard her teach, but my eyes get widened and my heart gets softened when she teaches. And I'm like, how, how in the heck are we going to limit women's voices in the church is beyond me, but very hot topic. Um, I just want to kind of fill you guys in really quick. Uh, Rick Warren 
served Saddleback 42 years. Oh, my Lord. Faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. But he brings up three verses. Um, I hold the, um, the stance of Genesis 1, image of God. Like, who are we men as to say that women don't hold that same image? Mm-hmm. And would Jesus be upset if he walked into my church and Beck's teaching or Alicia's teaching? And I, I'm going to say no. So, but Rick Warren talked about Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission. And it says these four verbs, um, go, make disciples, baptize, and teach. Women are to go. Women are to make disciples. Women are to baptize. And women are to teach, not just men. Like, wow. And then also in Acts chapter 2, when Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit filled the room, um, there were women in the room. And there were women out teaching and speaking in different languages on in Pentecost and in Joel uh, chapter 2 verse 28 on my servants both men and women I pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy <sighs> um, oh noted he also noted John 20 when Jesus told Mary Magdalene to tell the disciples about his resurrection noting that Jesus chose her to be the first preacher of the gospel what do you guys think? I mean, I, I love it. I just love just hot topics for some reason. Mm. Let's go with Alicia. What do, you, what do you think as being a woman in the church and hearing about some denominations or some church leaders saying no to you? Um, I think a lot of things. <laughs> some are Please let us know. Rightfully than so. others. Rightfully so. Um... I mean, in resp- in response to it, I think it's just like, I I mean, I think we all kind of think the same thing, but I had someone tell me, like, we're all after the same God, so why does it matter? Like, oh, who's, who's teaching? Like, females have this really incredible ability to internalize things, I think, sometimes deeper than most males do not mm-hmm. to be politically correct or anything but i think that we were gifted this ability to nurture and to really process before we kind of just you know like go up and start teaching i i mean i, I it's tough because what comes to mind is you have a child and the mother is responsible to teach the child and to nurture the child and so definitely nurture like better nurturers for sure yeah i mean by definition yes 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 um but i i know that jesus stands for unity and he doesn't stand for division so i think it completely goes against um what he what he stood for and what he believed in if we're all after the same jesus then that shouldn't even be a question if women should be teaching in the church or not. Mm. So really, because t- you said earlier, like, <laughs> who gave birth to Jesus? A woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're powerful. They're powerful. And yeah, I just, it's a lot. Mm. Nothing? No. I don't think there's, I don't think I've, ever really face the issue of having strong women or women in general in leadership at church before. Um, like, I, there was a lot of women I respected in leadership that had great insight in my own walk. And when I was starting up in ministry that, I was like, it's, I think the, the idea of like, we're made in the image of God, it's the men and women it's the same side. It's like the same coin, just two different sides. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about having both perspectives in pastoral leadership, both men and women, I think it's a good, it provides good insight on both differing perspectives of how men and women are so like designed in different ways and designed to think differently like men 
will react more so. And then with women, like there's a process, there's a thought mm -hmm. before just acting upon something. Like responsive. Yes. And so it's like gaining, having those two perspectives in a church, I think it's a very healthy thing. Mm. Um, and I don't, I honestly don't think it should be a problem in my opinion. Yeah. But the, the sad fact is it, it is a problem for people. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, like I said, my stance is you need both hand because mm -hmm. in a help in a nuclear family, like both parents being there is so good for the children. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yes. I have a question. So does that, do you think in every church then? There should be both, like every single church, or is it? Mm, that's a really good question. Or is it? It's just, I think it's hold tight to the pastor's conviction. Right. If they have a woman that they see with the skill set and the mm -hmm. gifting and yeah. the, just the calling on their life. Because um, that, that image of God thing from Genesis 1 wasn't my idea. It was from Bethany Allen from Bridgetown Church, you know, John Mark Comer's church. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's just it just rocked my world um, because she preached a message that like the whole room of three hundred men and maybe four women was silent. Like how can we argue against the image of God mm. and the voice? You know. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, I mean, I just asked that because it's like. Um, Sometimes I feel like it's about reaching some sort of quota of like, oh, you have to have both. Multi-generational, multi-ethnic kind of church. Yeah. And I think it is mainly on the heart posture when you like, when anyone is ordained, whether it is a man or a woman, that like it is because there is a pastoral conviction or there is a clear calling. Um, and not because it is what would please the world type of thing. And like, I'm in the same boat, like in terms of perspective, we need both. Like, sure, there are, there are the truths that I can speak into a woman's life, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm a dude. <laughs> I'm a dude. Uh, yeah. So I think that's why it's so important, you know, like. Um, I'm not married, but it'd be, be an awesome addition to the church mm -hmm. to where, like, if there was a woman that's really struggling, you would push her to, you know, back our women's pastor or maybe my wife in the future or whatever to have that female perspective. Right. This is the opposing, this is the opposing um, stance. Uh, from a theology professor at Grace Bible Theological Seminary and a critic of Saddleback's dis direction on the use. He states, I'm not going to state names, but First um, Timothy set, uh, chapter 2, 9 through 15, which includes the verse from the Apostle Paul, I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. Oof, right? And he continues, churches that affirm women pastors are opposing the word of God, and opposing the word of God means opposing God himself. Now is the time, he continues, now is the time to leave and find a sound congregation. Do not delay. There is no spirit of competition in what I write here. What Saddleback is doing grieves me, and I have no doubt grieves many in the congregation. Hmm. Can you say the, the, the second Timothy verse once more, or like the first portion yeah, of that? I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. So assuming authority over a man in pastoral leadership, or like they're the head pastors, or like what's what's the difference? It'd be tough to state this. I, you know, I kind of don't know what a translation or what necessarily mm -hmm. the super. Mm -hmm. For for me as a pastor, I've always looked at this as like you know what like it's really hard for me to say, but man, I just don't believe that fits the context of today. Mm -hmm. It's really hard for me to say that because like. 
you know, it's going to divide people even by me just saying that. Like, oh, I can't believe a pastor said that or whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, as many verses uh, there are against women teaching and leadership, there are that many other verses to where, like, it like affirms women teaching mm -hmm. and stories like Mary Magdalene or the woman at the well or all this stuff and the Genesis one. And I think it holds true to the pastoral's conviction and the mm -hmm. giftings. And, you know, you guys know me pretty well. I just don't throw anybody up there to teach a sermon. Right. Mm -hmm. I think we can all agree that Beck's pretty gifted in it. Mm -hmm. Very um, much so. <laughs> like, very much so. I think if anybody walks into the church for the first time and Beck's teaching that night, they don't. I don't think she would give a false representation of who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how can we? How can I neglect uh, Beck's teaching? Some would say like, oh, she can lead a women's ministry um, or a women's event or whatever. But um, I think where you're going is like a is can a woman be a senior pastor or a lead pastor mm -hmm. or in those contexts i know of a couple of churches yeah that... and and my thing is like okay like if it's a woman's led mostly church in my opinion it doesn't make sense to have a man be leading them yeah. like <laughs> it's so hard so it's like within a context of let's say the church is Mostly single moms or women that are like, I don't want to break the bookshelf, but it's like, it's a congregation, mostly women. It would be seen as a woman's ministry, but not a church. But then it's like, that's still church regardless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's, what's clarified as teaching. You and know? so it's yeah. like, I don't know, I... I like, did the Apostle Paul not want any woman to lead a Bible study ever? Yeah. And you so know, it's like... To be quiet and to teach. I just... Yeah, I don't know. Also, contextually, like, um, with that writing, it's like, women were not educated in that time. And so, like, they didn't know certain things or... Um, I remember, I have to go back in my knowledge bank about the whole history <laughs> of it. Bank. But there, like... Stand by, knowledge bank. That's cute. Open. So, it... There it is. Nick is trying to fit that in every single podcast somehow. I'm going to. Yeah. It's supposed to be a secret. Just trying to figure that um, out. But... To have the knowledge on that and know that culturally today, we have some smart women. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We got and some we, smart men, but we also have smart women. I always argue that Beck is like probably the best teacher out of all of us right now. You know, that's that's my argument. I'm like, wow, you know, captivating right. teaching. Yeah. And I don't know. We like I, I have a firm belief that every single church is at least doing something wrong. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's like, everyone's gonna like, if we can keep and hold truth, or like, hold strong to the simple truth that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that it's because his blood that we're saved and not anything else. And because he resurrected from the dead, like, that's what we need to hold true to. Yes. The simple gospel. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying to, I'll probably spend a whole lifetime figuring out the implications of Jesus dying for me. Mm -hmm. He actually rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, now intercedes for me to the Father. But simply, mm -hmm. I just, let's just focus on telling other people that. Mm -hmm. It takes a, you know, there shouldn't be a preference. There shouldn't be, okay, males <clears throat> can only speak on this and then females can only speak on that. I think Is that's... it a salvation issue? I don't think so. <laughs> not a salvation issue. I do not, no way. I don't think it's even close to that, right? Mm -hmm. Good point, good point. Well, you guys can let us know in the comments on what you guys think. I definitely know it's a hot topic. I know it's a divisive topic. You can fight about it if you want to. We can fight, we can fight, you know? Like, <laughs> no. 
and if I you haven't, not the answer. if you haven't listened to any of Beck's teaching, you know you can find uh, her teachings on our YouTube and our podcast as well. Um, Alessia is going to be teaching very soon, um, but I think that's a good segue. Uh, so we'll just pray for all those people who are very, very, very upset, probably losing sleep on about this. But, um, but yeah. Pray for Saddleback. Um, I don't think they're too upset, though. Yeah. They're on their way. Um, Was it Rick Warren or Andy Wood that um, ordained the... Uh, both. Sick. Well, I think just Saddleback ordained. I know Rick Warren uh, um, ordained three pastors. Sick. You know, and what did he say? I want to read just one more thing. He stood up in front of the whole congregation... Oh boy, I missed it. He just said something. That like, whoa. Mm, maybe I can't find it soon enough. But praise God. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand women the microphone. Um and that's what collectors are gonna continue to do. But we're going to go into our to the table on what each of us have brought to the table. Um, it could be something that you're passionate about or never heard before, or it's just really cool the wide scope of passions and interests that different people have. And I think I'm going to argue that Collective Church has the most diversity. I just I can't. It like bothers me sometimes how different we all are, but we're all the same because of Jesus, I guess. But. What's my phone? It's in your hand. This is my phone. (laughs) But yeah, um, who wants to start? I could start. Go ahead. Might be another hot topic in Hollywood media. Um, So The Last of Us is a a show, but it's based off a video game that was very popular. Um, I don't really. Last of Us. Yeah, the show is called The Last of Us, and it's like a post-apocalyptic zombie type show um and i like to keep up with entertainment and the entertainment industry in a lot of different avenues and outlets um but this one specifically was very intriguing um rain wilson i'm pretty sure he's from he's dwight from the office i think i could be wrong i don't i've never watched the office um but his tweet um kind of went viral this past week and he said this i do think there is an anti-christian bias in hollywood as soon as the david as the david character in the last of us started reading from the bible i knew that he was going to be a horrific villain could there be a bible reading preacher on a show who is actually loving and kind and i was just was he a villain he ends up being a villain why? Well, oh I, man, how interesting! Um, but I, lo- I want to be an evil pastor, <laughs> villain pastor. Reading all the the tweets, it's very like it's a it, it's it's just intriguing because there's there's the portrayal of Christianity to the through media is often portrayed in a light of bigoted or wrong or in some ways we're hateful people and and, and a lot of the way media, whether it is through news outlets, through Instagram or whatever it is, um, and in Hollywood, often the portrayal is they're the ones that are often crazy people. Like I remember watching a, a Stevens, no, uh, I forgot who, a scary, he did it. All those scary movies. Oh my gosh, I don't know. But, is that- oh, it's called The Mist. And oh, I know And they made the religious characters like these culty, crazy people, and they're willing to sacrifice people to oh appease God. And it's like oftentimes portrayal of Christianity. And I will say there is there is good portrayals of Christians in Hollywood media. I'm not saying, oh, they only take one form and it only looks this certain way. But I think it's very interesting and also it like, it sends subliminal messages to audiences of like, oh, when they think of a Christian or a preacher, there's this automatic idea like they're going to be evil or they're going to be, they won't like me because um, 
I, I live in this community of people. Um, and so, and, and here at Collective, I, I think we're the most welcoming community to be a part of. We're very diverse in different walks of life, differing opinions and views on things, but yet, because uh, our, who we follow is Jesus, everyone's welcome. Yeah. And, and so, and if they don't recognize that, I'm gonna stick up for collective in us if they haven't been around long enough. Yeah, you know? and so it's like the way, like I, I think it goes into this whole perception is reality concept, where you have this certain perception of a person or idea. So let's say the perception of Christianity, oftentimes comes with some negative context, and and so. Uh, I remember seeing this video specifically about this tweet and uh, a Christian, the Christian guy was reacting to it and he's just like, man, like this does kind of mess up my own view of myself. Like, am I really evil? Oh, yeah. Like, am I that, like, do I come off like that to people? And mm -hmm. it's like, but it, it's always interesting seeing the, okay, if Christians speak up for themselves, we're all like, not saying this is always the case, but there's always the pushback, like, like what, like, where's this, where's the line of like, can people come to an understanding of Christians of like, we're human too? Like, are we, I don't know. So it's just always intriguing to me where it's like, there's been a huge movement of a lot of things where people are going to take the Christianity out of their identity because they don't want to be associated with associated that. with it like i think a common theme is with creatives especially artists music artists there's this i want to separate my christian identity from my craft yeah which i'm not a christian rapper yes you know, and I'm so a it's rapper like, that is christian i'm like mm. oh my gosh so it's like why can't it be both and just yeah. like that yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah and so i just find it interesting and i don't know like I don't expect myself to be in entertainment or Hollywood, but it's like mm. I've been highly influenced by the media I consume, by the shows I watch, the comics I read, and it's it's I'm, detrimental is not a good word for it, but it's like. It's like when I read about characters who hold Christian values or see Christian characters in TV shows or Hollywood movies, it's like, are they going to be like a lovable character or is this someone I'm going to... Because sometimes I think that there's non-Christian writers that are writing Hollywood scripts yeah. to portray like, okay, what's, what's a Christian? And... Truth be told, there's probably always a little personal bias in people's writings on what a Christian yeah. is if they're not Christian. You ask like a hundred non-Christians, what is a Christian? Mm -hmm. You're probably going to get a lot of negative answers, to mm -hmm. be honest, like, because yeah. we're definitely... What is definitely, a Christian? What is a woman? Yeah, what is... Yes. Like? Yes. What is a woman? Oh, wow. Well, we what a topic. Answer, what a topic, Sometimes but plenty. and so he just want to talk about all the hot topics, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So it's interesting because it's like, how well does Hollywood actually know those that follow Jesus? Yeah. Rather than, it's like they're just running off the perceptions or bad experiences of people they didn't like specifically, and this is their idea of. This yeah. is what all Christians are like then, um, and then. I was going through his tweets, and one thing that kind of stood out to me was he had a he quotes or he tweets after his tweet was March eleventh, and then on March thirteenth he said, "Also, I'm not even a Christian." And then continues to say, "Of course, it's true. The evangelical political coalition is doing." Like, talks about how, in some ways, like, Christian influences or sects have 
certain influences and hurt people, which will happen. But he goes with this. But most Christians that I know are kind, accepting, and loving, and seeking to make the world a better place. They should also be honored in the media. Amen. Mm. Amen. For a non-Christian to have that perspective on other Christians, that means that those Christians are doing something right. Mm -hmm. So good on them. And so it's like... I will say, like, yeah, there's been f- forms of harm to people in general. But I was like, humans in general are going to harm each other. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's not just Christians. I was like, it's people in general. If you're human, you're going to hurt someone. Yeah, yeah. It's, usually, it's usually the Christians that are, they, they put their secular belief in a box, and then they put their Christian faith in a box. And they hang out in their faith box and say anything secular, bad, mm-hmm. right? When we both know that is, it's all intertwined into one, and you need to just be the light in the dark place, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very, very interesting. You can't separate secular and faith because it's like some of the biggest influences in Hollywood media and fantasy is The Lord of the Rings yep. and C.S. Lewis. Yeah, and a lot of Christian motifs in those stories that have created movies and still popular today. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm. I just find it interesting. Like those are fantasy worlds, but yeah, it's like. Yeah. Also, when did we get so wrapped up in like, like, it's one thing, like we're allowed to judge the fruit of someone's life, but if they are no part of, being a Christian, mm-hmm. our obligation as a Christian is not to judge them. Mm-hmm. It literally, like, in 1 Corinthians 5.12, literally says, like, if they're not a Christian, stop judging them. Mm-hmm. Like, that is not your job. If they are a Christian, then maybe that conversation looks like, hey, you know what you said? That probably wasn't the nicest way to go about that. That didn't mm-hmm. really look good on you. What was your intention? But, like, not to say that we can't do that with non-believers yeah. and stuff, but like, why are we, you know, yes, we should raise concerns for the media and everything like that, but like, that's not our business. Mm-hmm. We are not the yeah. judge. We mm. are literally called to love, and if we can't even do that, why are we stepping into the seat of judgment? That's, that's not where we're supposed so to be. So true. I really struggle personally with being misunderstood. And I don't think I'm misunderstood that much by the Christian community. But anytime, because that's what happens is we're misunderstood in the in the world and misunderstood by non-Christians. Mm. And I'll just, it just hurts my feelings sometimes. I'm like, oh, if you just like, maybe let's sit down and just talk. I swear you might have a misunderstanding of us Christians. Makes me mm-hmm. think of a song like, I don't need you to respect me. I respect me. I don't need you to love me, but I love me. But I want you to know, you could know me if you change your mind. Yes. I also love, if you don't mind, just like doing like a really like in a nutshell. You shared a story with me about some guy that was tailgating you or something. And then you got out of your car and just <laughs> your, your question to him like opened my eyes. And like, even, it, do you want to go into it real quick? Yeah, okay. But so that was, oh my gosh, it was beautiful. <laughs> like that is how I would approach that situation. Like that just says so much onto like your heart. Yeah. So if you guys didn't know, I'm a grandpa driver and I was, yeah, I, was think? Uh, I had <laughs> <laughs> go slow lane, you know, whatever. I've never been pulled over for speeding ever. Can't and relate. Just, you know, um, and I was tailgated one time and I just had a whole bunch of church stuff. I couldn't see. So I was going slow. Um, I'm not going to blame it on the church stuff, but I'm just slow. I was just going slow. And I turned this corner and this old man just just hit his horn for like 30 seconds, like nonstop. And usually I get honked at quite a bit, you know, like, <laughs> so I'm kind of used to, but used to, but this one was like not cool. And I did something completely out of character and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go talk to him. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, so I followed him. So I followed him. <laughs> and right into the gas station, and he knew that I was following him. He's probably, I don't recommend this, but um, 
I waited till he got out of his car and I was cool. I, there was no way I was super upset, but I just asked him a question. Like, Hey, do you want to talk about that? And I asked him a simple question. I'm like, Hey, do you want to talk about why you decided to hold your horn for 30 seconds? You know, like I, I was to be honest. I was like, you know, I had kind of stressful day and my car is full. You know, I couldn't really see out of the mirror and he, he was just cussing at me and well, you should learn how to drive. I'm like, I think I do know how to drive. And I just, I just don't think that I deserve that. There it is. That's what I said. I was like, I really don't think I deserve that. And, um, I had a really, my dad had a really horrific story from, uh, road rage. And I kind of learned from that. And I was like, you know, I really don't think I deserve that. And he goes, you know, you're right. You're right. I'm so sorry. And I guarantee you that he's never, he'll never do that again. You know, I personally, I wanted to take his cane because he was an older man, take his cane and just whack him over the head with it. But <laughs> yeah, I did not. Yeah. And All the more reason. I was just honest with him. I'm like, hey, I, I, why do you want to talk about that? I don't think I deserve that, you know, because mm. I'm 6'2", 220 pounds. So I'm like, I'm not really worried on that end. But that's why I don't recommend doing this, you guys. But that's such like a like a heart posture of like what Jesus would do like yeah before we started it like there's a little horse fan over there and it's like you know like what would Jesus do and you said like you did something you wouldn't usually do that was out of character and you're just like do you think I deserved that so funny instead of being like I didn't deserve that like yeah you know fruit loops you and all these things fruit loops <laughs> oh I love that like you love know that. it's just like comment below what is your favorite non-cuss word but you're like cussing <laughs> just just, i don't know i just think that's that's so kind and like there's that acronym from greg laurie think um and it's like is this true is this honest um i forget what i is um and is this is this necessary and then k is this kind hmm. and i think if we were to just use that think acronym and apply it to situations like that yeah. Like true, honest. I forget. I. I was like important. Important. Maybe. I don't know. Important. Learning about that. Sorry, Greg Laurie. <laughs> like, you're in without the I. It's okay. Yeah, and like, and is this necessary? Like, is it necessary for me to like whack him with his cane? Quite possibly, yes. But is it kind? Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. So it would be. Uh, so a good takeaway from that story, I think, what I would teach people would be. Um, asking the question or telling some someone like hey i really i really don't think i deserve that you want to talk about it mm -hmm. and see where they go from there and it's okay to stand up for yourself sometimes yeah but just don't do don't do that that was so wild <laughs> i for completely forgot that happened that okay. is so funny anyways um nick what's your to the table bro um I'm starting a list of just simple rules of life, ways of living, um, both faith-based and non-faith-based. Um, just things that I can hold true to, things that I've noticed in my um, many years of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm 21. <laughs> limited. <laughs> My limited um, amount of experiences, um, but just from the things that I have <laughs> that I have learned, uh, these are just rules of life that I that I really do hold true to, and I kind of want to just bring this up to the table because I wanted to see what your guys's rules of life are, or if you have something just simple as a rule of life. Um, one of my favorite ones um, is that most people in a conversation, when they do say, I don't know, um, they probably do. It's just hard for them to say that. Um, it's difficult to speak it out, whatever it is that they are going through or what they are saying. But in the context of like um, talking about a struggle or something that they are going through, uh, when they say, I don't know, um, or whenever, like, for me, whenever I say, I don't know, it's like, do I really not know? 
Or is there something rooted in that? Is there something deeper that I can go to towards that? Or Sometimes you just don't know. Or it's just way too painful and you don't want to believe it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I think I want to hold true to that for myself um, because that gives me the opportunity not to uh, self-abandon or self-isolate and just be like, oh, and just like let it go past. But instead say, do I really not know? Or is this something that I can dig to the root of instead of just... I love that. Um, but yeah, uh, rules of life, uh, any that you guys have, um, something that you guys really do hold true to, um, faith-based or not, um, something that you can really just continue to go back to and say, yeah, this is something that I will follow and something that I will do. Oh, yeah. Um, my favorite is uh when and not if and i'll go on two routes with that is exercise and generosity mm -hmm. um so most people are like oh if i have time to work out or if i have time to take care of myself i will mm -hmm. and it's such a toxic mindset where you should switch it to say okay today when can i work out not if it's when can i be uh, a person that's going to take care of themselves and not if if mm -hmm. this happens, this lines up, this, 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 then I'll work out and take care of myself. Um, and that goes into generosity. It's like, when can I be generous with my money and my time? You know, like, I never hold on to money. And if there's people that are, like, uh, struggling or something, like, when can I be generous and not if? Yeah. If I have enough money or if this or if that. Because I've been homeless before. I've lived in my car before. I've come... I've had to steal money from my work before, like way back in the day before I was a Christian. And like, I was really struggling um, at times in my life where I had to live in a closet at my frat house, you know, when I was in college, I was, I had to be on my own a lot. And so when, when I became a Christian, I learned this rule of generosity. Um, it's just when, you know, like never pass up an opportunity to be generous because, you know, it's not yours. And that goes into... It's not necessarily a rule of life for me with tithing because that's just obedience, right? But mm -hmm. like, just when can I be generous and not if? When can I work out and not if? Yeah. Is it really, I think I'll be doing that for the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. Especially, especially with working out. Or when can I be a bigger person and not if? If they... Bigger speak. person? Yeah. Are you calling me skinny? Should I work out more? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but like bigger person. When can I be a bigger person and not like if approach like, that old man at the gas station? <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But like if this person apologizes to me first, then I'll be good to them. Then I'll be nice. Yeah. yeah. Or so it's that like, can I share one more? No. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's rules of life, not rule. Mm. Uh, that this is the biggest one, and I hope people on um, I, I'm TikTok live right now, so people watching, I hope you guys write this one down. Dist distrust is earned, and not trust. Amen. A lot of people are like, oh, if they need to earn my trust, earn this, earn this, earn this, and that's not the way of a Christian. Mm. You're on, yeah, you should have some boundaries. Like, of course, don't like overstep and overreach, but have a a, a healthy way of saying, you know what, I'm, I, this person doesn't have to earn my trust, you know, like distrust is earned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like open arms, open door, whatever, hospitality, whatever that looks like. But a lot of people, a lot of people live a life where like, they need to earn my trust. Mm -hmm. Right? Can I pay so, back? Uh, Sorry. Go ahead, take it away. Okay. <laughs> if, I'll if, jump in after, don't worry. If um, distrust is earned, um, once the distrust is earned, can trust be earned back? Or can trust be something that is available after? Oh, yeah. It just goes into reconciliation of a broken marriage. Yeah. Someone cheats yeah. or is disloyal or something, um, and reconciliation happens, mm -hmm. right? We learned this at our you know little two-year Bible college uh, stuff and um, the stack of poker chips, right? You have a stack of poker chips and mm -hmm. I'm just going to give you the stack of poker chips, right? And so I just trust you. Um, but you 
do something that hurts me or, you know, like give me some poker chips back and your stack's shorter. And then over time, maybe I'll give you some poker chips back. But then if you keep distrusting or do, doing things that, um, or I keep distrusting you or something happens where all your poker chips are gone, it's kind of severing of the relationship, mm. you know? But over time, like I can, instead, I'm not gonna give you a whole stack right away again, again yeah. but I'm gonna like slowly over time maybe. Mm-hmm. That goes into marriage, relationships, ministry, friendships, like, yeah, it's a beautiful little analogy, but, uh, yeah, I have so many, just, tell nice. someone else. Oh, okay. You're going to piggyback on? Oh, um, yeah, I was listening to something a few weeks ago, and it was saying, you're practicing mistrust when you don't trust a person, so on a relationship or even like friendship or new employee or like whatever that relationship looks like it doesn't just have to be romantic but like if you have something like you know like really precious to you like a delicate heart or whatever that might be you're practicing mistrust if you're not giving them something to trust mm-hmm. and i think that that was like really eye-opening because we live in this conditional like meet my standards kind of you know, world yeah. and you know, everyone has their own history and reasons to live that way. Kind of go, yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, like if you really do want to trust someone, you have to give them something to trust. You can't just <sighs> expect that, you know, Ugh. you don't give them anything and then have this preconceived opinion that they're not trustworthy. But did you ever give them something to trust? It's really tough because it goes into that. This is a hot topic too, the dating world, you know, like, are you looking for the red flags first? Or are you looking for the green flags first? You know, and I'm like, that's really hard. Yeah. That's really, really hard in the dating world. I don't think I want to dive into that too much. That's a whole nother podcast, huh? Yeah. Um, one more. The definition of discipline is choosing what you want most over a long period of time, right? Mm-hmm. Versus what you want now. Like a good one would be like diets, right? Yeah. Um, what do you want most in life? Because I want to like either get stronger, get leaner, whatever. You make decisions daily on what you want most, right? Mm-hmm. Versus what you want now. Oh, I really want that cookie. Or I really want that cupcake. Or I really want, I want that now this meal now versus getting rid of the over time discipline of like, what do I want most? I want to be mm-hmm. in shape or changing, you know, like uh, uh, reading a book is an example. Like, oh, I really want to finish this book because someone recommended it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so daily disciplining yourself, like what do I want most? I want to finish this book versus what do I want now? Oh, I want to scroll TikTok or Instagram or, I don't want to read this book right now, right? Mm-hmm. But discipline retrains yourself to what you want most so you make decisions based off what you want most. Mm-hmm. And it goes into financial, it goes into relational, it goes like what do you want most versus what you want now is a really good one as well. Yeah. Rose life? Um, I have two specifically that come to mind. Um, first one is I've definitely, I stand by this and I will for sure teach my kids this. Um, but instead of saying it's okay, say I forgive you. Um, oh, that's a good one. That's something that I've learned and had to retrain my brain to respond, um, to respond with. It's just been interesting to see that shift and see like the response of others instead mm. of just like, you know, hey, sorry, oh, it's okay, it's okay, because actually it wasn't okay. Like, it really, really hurt me. Yeah. And then what you do with the little, you do with the big. So let's just say it was something minimal, like, oh, you borrowed this and I never got it back, and then eventually, sorry, you know, it's, it's okay. But, like, then that gets, you know, you do that with the big things. Oh, you you broke my heart, you stomped all over it. Oh, it's okay. No, it wasn't okay. But, hey, I forgive you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a that's a big one for me. Or like uh, forgiveness in the intermediate, or forgiveness in the long run, right? Saying, "Oh my goodness, that's a good one." Because yeah. some some people some things are just not okay. No. <laughs> yeah. 
you know. Some things are not. And every, it's obviously there's moments where it's like, hey, it's okay, but you know, like at least thinking. And then you kind of take this step further, something that I'll probably be interested in, like raising my kids to, to say instead of I'm sorry, but like, hey, will you forgive me because the way that I treated you wasn't really kind. Mm. You know, like the language is everything. That one's good. I think we just get so used to saying I'm sorry. And does that hold value for a lot of people? I don't know. I know sometimes it's easy just to throw that around, almost as easy as it was okay. Yeah. But practicing forgiveness starts with the little and <sighs> opens up so much. So, yeah, that's definitely my first rule. Um, and then I was raised in a private Christian school. Shout out to Santa Fe Christian. Anyone? Woot, woot. Did you go to Santa Fe Christian? No. Oh. <laughs> what? Poser. Oh. He's like, I wanted to go. That's <laughs> where the cool kids went. Yeah. Um, I went there until I was like in third grade, but technically fourth grade because I did kindergarten twice. Oh. <laughs> now everything makes sense. I know. Oh. I know. Now, Why are you looking at me like anyways, that? Now I understand why you are the way you are. You did kindergarten twice. She's just having more nap time, more rest. My first language was not English, so, you know. I remember when I went up to a girl in kindergarten, and I just grabbed her face and kissed her cheek. Just like aggressively. Like, I like you. Funny story. <laughs> I had many girlfriends in elementary school. So I got held back and you didn't. <laughs> wow. I was actually really smart. I just struggled with ADHD my whole life. So uh, it makes so bad. much sense. So, so intelligent, so wise, but no attention. <laughs> anyway. So you Anyways, went to Santa okay. Fe Christian. I went to Santa Fe Christian. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's the story. Nice. 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 Um, so many of us live by the silver rule, and that school taught me the golden rule. Like, I, 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 I just think it's a great rule. Treat others how you would like to be treated. But so many times mm. we live by the silver rule. We treat others how they treat us. And um, wow. I think that's, that's something that the Lord really is like, at the end of the day, like, treat others how you want to be treated. Like, I don't know. So, I don't know. Oh, they, hope so. The love of God. Hope so. We're going to find out. Hey. Oh, there we go. Hey, I'm so, Hey. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> okay. It'll probably really be fine. Loud. It'll be probably be fine. Really silver rule. Anyways, yeah. Silver, don't live by that. Live by the golden rule. Treat others how you'd like to be treated. Wow. And say, That's actually really good. I forgive you instead of, it's okay. That's actually really good. Wow. It's okay. Thanks for having me. It was a life. Jesus. It was a life. G um, I think one I've learned over the past several years is no one's going to love you more outside of God more than yourself. Mm. Like, you have to choose, like, learning to or love your myself. Mom, probably. That too, but, <laughs> like, learning to love yourself is probably the hardest thing for a lot of people. And I could say... To this day, I could look at myself in the mirror and I love who I am mm. without being, like, there's no shame in it. Um, like, learning to do that, um, you'll learn to love people well. Mm. And so, like, start learning more about yourself, learning, like, what that entails partly is learning to speak up for yourself when people have hurt you, when your friends have said things or have, like... Like, there's a lot of things I had to learn about myself that I, like, I allowed people to step on me a lot of the times, and I would just be okay with that. And Like, um, physically? Both. And, <laughs> um, but that... That it, explains it, the... Yeah. <laughs> um, but in a lot of ways, like, that produced in me to just be like a punching bag for people. Mm. And like when I look at back onto my life, like it's cause I didn't love myself. I, I was more focused on receiving love from those people than actually like 
caring about like myself enough. Mm. And so learning to like speak up for myself, like there's one like fight I look back on with an old friend and long story short, we're no longer friends, but it was, I was having a hard time. And I remember this clearly, like I brought two friends out with me because I was having a panic attack and I was going through something really difficult at the, that time. And one friend was very understanding and started understanding how to love me. But this other friend, not necessarily. Um, it was kind of like in some ways one, one way and their way only. And I remember like doing the whole talk and discussion uh they had said um this is the only way to talk to you because this is the only way you learn and i remember kind of planting myself and saying no like that's not how i receive love like that's not how you talk to me and because it was like the way he was they were talking to me was very hurtful <coughs> but it's like in a lot of ways in our relationship, I had been permissible and allowed that to be normal, where it's like, okay, like, this is how Ezekiel is, and he just, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But then, in reality, like, that was never fine for me. But it was more so, I, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't, like, I was seeking the love of others more so than like caring about myself and loving mm -hmm. myself and so like learning to love yourself well and then another thing is simple enough like I have a habit at least once maybe a little more than others but treating myself out to oh. breakfast or like <laughs> having good food by myself like learning to enjoy my own company alone mm -hmm. and like a good meal by yourself is so nice it is You'd be surprised by, like, with how many people can't go out, mm -hmm. take themselves out on a date, just them, and enjoy a meal. It's, it's amazing how yeah, many people can't do that. It's, my, it's been one of my favorite things this past year to, like, I've started doing. I'm right there with you. Mm. That's awesome. Amen. It's yeah. so fun. That's been a huge part about, of me and going forth and, like, this journey of mental health is that, like, I realize sometimes it's hard for me to go out by myself. But now, I just go on walks, and then I go, like, I would, like, oh. Sorry, that was... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The, I would go to, like, I'm the mall here. or something, and I just walk by myself. Um, I don't um, understand. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I'd go to the mall, or I'd go out and get food. Um, by myself because I struggle with like anxiety and um, doing things like that it's like oh there's at least one person looking at me and saying like oh what is he doing by himself um, mm. well, that's just like that inner voice but like I'm learning like I'm slowly learning and getting this ability to just go and just spend time by myself and it's so freeing to do that because by the time I'm done I'm like dang I loved that. Yeah. I enjoyed that. It was Amen. It was fun. Amen. I didn't have to wait for other people to look at something else in order for me to move on to the next door. Mm. Reserving so, a table for one, so nice. Man, okay, yeah, I'm just not good at that. <laughs> Treat yourself. Yes. I, 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 I want. I'm to the. I'm a little older than you guys, and I just want to <laughs> serve someone else. It's, it's time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not that much older than me. Well, I'm not talking about like no alone time. I'm just like, you know, yeah. I'm not gonna. That's you. Anyways, um, I'm gonna be quick with mine. Um, Mike Foster is my mentor, my counselor. Um, if you don't follow Mike Foster online, you should. He's like a traumatic, um, trauma based cheerleader, counselor guy that's also a pastor. And, in the faith community. Um, his newest book, uh, The Seven Primal Questions, is almost coming out. You guys will hear about it when it comes out, but um, I'm such an advocate for The Seven Primal Questions uh, and it's how it's changed uh, the perspective on people's lives and stuff. And my whole church team, 
everyone knows their problem question and if you don't know what it is you soon will or if you want to you can send me a message on instagram and i'll send you a podcast about it but the book's almost coming out and i'm just so passionate about that uh and another short to the table is uh nick is our worship pastor and we just decided last night to have a um a writing session and i love music i love uh playing music i love um anything about music uh a little bit more now than i've realized but um we sat down and wrote two songs last night mm -hmm. two worship songs and about jesus and like four or five days ago you know this is kind of fun but uh i wrote a country song and i'm actually i actually signed up for a singing lesson from a girl in nashville Ooh. next week so that's gonna be like so you can be up there yeah i, I just want to get a little i don't want to sound like a dying horse anymore i just want to sound a little bit better and i know everybody could like practice singing and they can get better at it so i want to get better at it because i think i'm a good songwriter i think I, i'm a poet so i can write some cool songs and you know uh, what happened to Zach in ministry? Oh, he just decided to pick up and go country singing career. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But big passion of mine, music, writing music. I finally wrote a song. Um, helped Nick write a couple songs last night. And it's just something super interesting. So if you're a songwriter, I know why you guys do it. Because it's amazing. So That's fun. Um, yeah. I think that's it for us, you guys. I feel like we're a little over time but we don't really have a time frame but <sighs> a couple takeaways you guys just go read about um women in ministry kind of educate yourself on that and uh check out that article i want to leave us with um one of my favorite uh blessings as you guys go which i newly just found it's crazy but um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.